the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning. It's Sunday and time for the Fish Community Lighthouse. Shining the light on different parts of our community while also helping to keep you and your family safe. It's a public affairs presentation of 104.7 The Fish. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness, I will follow you. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, I will trust the promise. You will carry me safe to shore. Welcome to a Fish Community Lighthouse. This is where we get to shine the spotlight on a local nonprofit organization. Right now, the spotlight is on CASA of Forsyth County. CASA stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates for Children. Please welcome Paula Mumfeld, the Executive Director of CASA in Forsyth County. Hi, Paula. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for letting me share my passion with you today. I'm grateful to be with you. CASA stands for Court-Appointed Special Advocates, CASA. They're community volunteers who stand up and speak out to help abused and neglected children. Tell us all about CASA. As you mentioned, CASA stands for Court-Appointed Special Advocates. It was a program that began in the late 70s in Seattle, Washington, when there was a judge who had to make some pretty difficult decisions for children who had been abused and neglected and were being served through foster care. And he just felt like he wasn't getting the answers he needed to make really great decisions for outcomes for these children. So he had this wacky idea. He brought in some volunteers and said, this is what I need to know. And he trained them and said, go out and talk to families and teachers and doctors and therapists and bring that information back to me. So that proved to be so successful for um, Judge Sukup in Seattle that um, the news spread across the country. And within uh, two decades, CASA spread across the country. In Georgia, there are 46 CASA programs that provide advocacy for children in foster care. Forsyth County, our program is one of them. And um, we train, as you mentioned, train volunteers to provide advocacy for children. What's fascinating about the model is that we take a staff of five advocacy specialists on our team, and they have more than 50 years of child welfare experience, and we can bring in a volunteer who doesn't know anything about child welfare. They don't know anything about the juvenile court process. They don't know anything about social work, but they have a heart for serving children, and our team of five people can train them. They go through 30 hours of training and an additional 10 hours of courtroom observation. At the end of that process, they are sworn in as officers of the juvenile court. They are then appointed to a case by court order and they commit to serving that child or a sibling group of children until they are returned to a permanent home, hopefully with their parents. So in that process, our staff can teach them, guide them, support them, help them understand a process that they know little about, and it really expands our reach. We have more than 100 volunteers we're working with right now. They're serving in Forsyth County. They're serving 94 foster children, but on top of that, they're serving an additional close to 50 children who are still at home living in circumstances that aren't great, and um, DFACS has their eye on them. 
they bring in a CASA volunteer by court appointment who can watch these children and make sure they're safe while parents are getting better, while they're solving problems in their own situation. So CASA provides a really valuable resource supported by a small team of experts. We can take one expert who can serve 30 volunteers who can ultimately, those 30 volunteers ultimately serve 75 children. And we fill a gap in the child welfare system that is hard to fill with a, get, a government agency like the Department of Family and Children's Services in Georgia. It sounds like quite a in calling. Texas, it is quite a calling. We get the most amazing volunteers. You know, when I started with CASA back in 2006, most of our volunteers came to us that were stay-at-home moms or retired women. And that has really changed over the years. We are now getting more men who are drawn to this work. Um, we are getting people whose employment allows them to step aside for court hearings and other meetings that they need to attend and take time off of work to do that. So we're getting professionals and we're getting really recently retired professionals from some of our largest industries in Georgia that come and say, okay, I put my time in as an executive. Now I want to serve the community and this is how I want to do it. So we have really seen a change in who comes to volunteer with us. Um, We've got volunteers who recognize that a case they take might take anywhere from 18 to 24 months to come to a resolution, but then they take a second case and sometimes they take a third case. And sometimes it's while they have the first one going and sometimes it's not until that first one finishes. Um, We've got volunteers who've been with us for 10 plus years. Uh, We've got a CASA with our program that has been with us for 15 years. And um, no two cases are the same, so you can imagine what they learn over a 15-year period of time. So it's really phenomenal. What I love the best is that these people come and, you know, we read the scripture that charity seeketh not her own, and these people come from a world very different from the world they're stepping into. And they put their whole heart into helping a family that's in chaos, into not only advocating for a child who's in foster care and to make sure their time in foster care, it, they're comfortable, it's going well, they're getting the education they need, they're getting the medical and therapeutic care that they need, but at the same time, they're mon- monitoring how mom and dad are doing as they make progress on a case plan that DFAX has asked them to complete before their child can be returned to them. What we learn is that, in fact, I'm going to quote Judge Jackson who is one of our judges in Forsyth County, he says, children don't want to be in a better family. They just want their own family to be better. And we have seen that over and over and over again in the years that have, that we've been in existence. Forsyth County's had a CASA program since 2003. And we just see kids thrive when they know that they can be returned to the family of origin and really be back where they know and love their families. So it's really a testament to what an army of committed volunteers can do to support families that are struggling in a community and really strengthen the community as a whole through that process. A CASA volunteer is able to give voice to a child that might not be able to give voice to a specific situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So children are allowed and and as they get older, really encouraged to be in their own court hearing. Like I mentioned earlier, both of our judges, Judge Willis and Judge Jackson, often tell us as they kind of train us as CASA volunteers volunteers and, and staff members that a juvenile court situation is so um, so unique in that you have a hearing that might be in the name of, in regards to Sally Jones, but Sally Jones isn't there to talk on her behalf because she might be too young or not articulate or intimidated by the process. So this class of volunteer, like I said earlier, gets to know every part of that child's life, how they're doing in foster care, if that's a, a good uh, good situation for them what their needs are in education. So many of our kids who come into foster care are already a little bit behind in school. And with every foster home move, they lose could lose up to six months of education. So that CASA volunteer is in there with those 
teachers, really helping the teacher understand what Sally's been through and help them determine what she needs to go forward, regardless of how long she might be in that school. She, she talks to the therapist and lets the therapist, um, you know, kind of guides the therapist in a confidential way to let them know what the child is going through and how the child must best be served. Then she brings all of that. This CASA, he or she comes and provides all of that information to a judge and can say, I just talked to the therapist yesterday and this is what the therapist said. And I just talked to Sally's teacher and this is what Sally needs. And this is what the foster mom observes. And, you know, defects can provide and does often provide that same information. The difference is a defects case manager is on her own or his own serving more than 30 kids. They're required to see that child every month and that child's parents and take on emergency situations. Their time is stretched. There's, they're, they have more to do that they can, than they can do. And then that CASA volunteer comes in and can step in that gap and say, hey, I'll pick up those medical records for you to the defects case manager. Hey, I'll talk to the therapist and let you know what she says is going on. Um, hey, this is not going well in the foster home. I thought I'd just call you and let you know we're going to need to make some adjustments there. And a lot of times that CASA volunteer is the one who sees the challenges and, and raises the alarm before the defects case manager can, can step in. Um, our program is very clear that these children can be served better when CASA and defects work seamlessly and comfortably together when they are um, meeting these children's needs together in unison. So the other thing that I think you'll find fascinating is that there are so few foster homes in Forsyth County that our kids are 97 children are placed all over the state. And it's the same is true in other counties in Georgia. Um, so in Forsyth County, we have Forsyth County kids that are placed in Augusta and in Macon. And in South Georgia, we've got a child right now as far away as Brunswick. Um, we've got kids in LaGrange and um, Henry County. And so our CASAs visit those children every month. They see them face-to-face. -face. They make sure they're doing well. They don't transport the children. They don't take the children out to lunch on their own. They don't go to a movie on their own. Their job is to know the child well but to also know them in an objective way so so they don't get wrapped up in, in the emotion of the situation, but really are there um, for that child. So it's really a very impressive system that is run by small staffs of CASA programs that engage, you know, 50 to 100 volunteers and, and make this all work out for a child's best interest. Tell me what happens after an applicant applies to become a CASA volunteer, they get accepted. What's the training like? Excellent. That's a great question. Um, you, you just described a three-step process for onboarding a new volunteer. Um, most of the programs in Georgia have applications on their website that a volunteer can submit through the website to the team. Then they get called in for a, an interview with the team. Um, it's a chance for the, the prospective volunteer to ask every question there is about what we do, how we do it, what the expectations are, to really understand if that's something that will suit them and if it's going to be a good fit for both the volunteer and the agency. After that, they go into training. The training is a 30-hour training that is in our program is done over a seven-week period. It's a hybrid training. The volunteer spends a couple hours a week online doing reading and gleaning some tra training materials online, and then they come to a three-hour class period where we flesh out what they've learned. We answer questions. It's very interactive. They work in small groups. They do case studies. They talk about trauma and what happens when not only a child experiences trauma, but so many times a child who um, experiences abuse has um, their parents have also experienced trauma maybe as a child, that hasn't been resolved. And so how we can be more compassionate and caring about the families that we're working with 
because they've got, they're dealing with their own trauma. So they go through that seven weeks, 30 hours of training. And while that's going on, about halfway through the training process, they attend court hearings as an observer. And they're able to see the CASA in action. They can see their relationship to the judge, to the other players in the court. Mom and dad have an attorney. DFAX has an attorney. DFAX case managers are there. Often the child is also appointed an attorney, a child advocate attorney that is paid for by the local county typically. But you've got this volunteer again who comes with little knowledge about the process except the training they've received and they are a valued part of that process. The judge often stops the proceedings to ask the CASA volunteer, tell me what you think about this, Mrs. Jones. Tell me what your perspective is. We've heard some new evidence today. What is your take on what we've just heard? And it's impressive that not only does the judge actively solicit that information, but the juvenile code in Georgia specifically addresses the role of a CASA volunteer in the court proceedings. It is a codified role within the juvenile code. Um, there is no other volunteer agency that has a place in law that gives them the rights and privileges and responsibilities of exercising that. So they finish all that training and their 10 hours of, of observation, and then they're sworn in as an officer of the court. Um, the judge reads an oath. They swear to uphold the oath. They get pinned at the end of the ceremony, and then they are um, ready to take on their first case. In our program, we ask volunteers at the end of training to give us an idea of what their interests are. Um, they might say, we want to work with age, a, a teenager or a girl or kids between zero and five, or um, we want to, uh, we can only drive this far. I can't drive as far as into Henry County, but I can drive in a 50-mile mile radius. So when we get a case and we can really pair that volunteer with a case that they feel really connected to, we want that to be a perfect fit because we recognize that volunteer is going to be engaged with that child for 18 to 24 months, sometimes longer until that case is resolved. The CASA volunteer is the one person other than the judge that is typically involved in that case from beginning to conclusion to resolution. Um, defects, case managers come and go, foster parents come and go, school teachers come and go, depending on how often the child moves. The CASA volunteer is there to tell that story for 24 months, sometimes 36 months until things come to a good conclusion. They can really make a change in a child's life. It makes a huge change. In fact, what we like to say is that it really changes a child's story. In fact, um, we believe that our program can pour into a family that's in chaos and turmoil, um, not only the children, but the, the entire family, and change their narrative forever. We believe strongly that families can change, that they can get better, and we've seen it happen, and we've seen great outcomes. I was had the privilege of meeting with a dad, oh, two days ago. He stopped by our office to say thank you, and he had been served by his CASA volunteer. His son had been appointed to one of our custom volunteers who had worked with um, that child for a couple of years. And he has received custody was returned to the dad um, about two and a half years ago. And he had some hard work to do. He had an addiction problem that he had to solve. But the CASA helped him see that he was the best option for his child and for his child's permanency. And so this dad worked hard, really worked into resolving his addiction issues and got stable employment, learned how to keep a budget. And he said to me, he said, I did all the hard work, but the CASA was there to applaud while he was, the CASA was making sure my child's needs were being met, able to um, encourage and applaud my efforts because she believed in me and believed that this would work. And um, I got to meet a son and it was just a remarkable testament of the power of a volunteer and what we can do when we are well-trained, well-supported and 
and have a purpose in mind of, of what the what the resolution should be. That is remarkable, important work. I'm honored to hear what's happening in Forsyth County. CASA is a national agency, so not only is it in Forsyth County, but you also mentioned Gwinnett, Henry County, but this is a, a mm-hmm. nationwide possibility if you are listening yeah. to this as a FISH podcast and you live outside of Georgia, if you know of a child that needs an advocate or if you're hearing this saying, this is my place to give back, to become a CASA volunteer. Uh, the Forsyth County website is ForsythCountyCASA.org, but you also have GeorgiaCASA.org. That's correct. It's G-A-C-A-S-A.org. They are our state agency. There is a program finder on their website. You can just put in your information and be connected with a program anywhere in Georgia. There are 46 programs in the state of Georgia. What a wonderful way to light up a child's life, to change their story, as you best said. And you are leading not only a great team of people, People that are advocating for these children, but a team of incredible volunteers as well. Once again, thank you, Paula Momfelt, for letting us know what's going on with CASA of Forsyth County, ForsythCountyCASA.org or GACASA.org. Thank you for making such a difference in the life of these children, Paula. It's really our volunteers who make that change. We are honored and privileged and blessed to be able to support them in this work, but they're doing it just through their heart. They feel led to this, and we are grateful to support them. You've been listening to the Fish Community Lighthouse, shining the light on different parts of our community while also helping to keep you and your family safe. It's a public affairs presentation of 104.7 The Fish, WFSH, FM, and HD, Athens, Atlanta. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness, I will follow you. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, I will trust the promise. You will carry me safe to shore.